Welcome to part two of my conversation with Justice Malala, South African political commentator and author, a newspaper columnist, a television host and producer. Enjoy part two of our conversation. book justice you highlight um uh a number of positives and i want to t- to to get a sense from you whether you still think those are the pillars for sustaining democracy going ahead you you cited the constitution wealth of uh talent you cited uh, the history of uh, activism does that give you comfort and hope going forward that south africa's democracy is still in a good place um <laughs> yes yes some of those so the one th- the one key thing is is um is realizing that the constitution is a piece of paper mm. um it's the people who have to stand up for it for live it um um implement it uh and and we've had the institution of the constitutional court challenge so uh, i've spoken about the july riots yeah what happened there is that the former president of south africa um behaved in a contemptuous manner to uh the zondo commission into state capture yeah. then there is no other court for this to go to but to the constitutional court which came out and said um you're being contemptuous um this is an organ uh formed of our constitution right but we saw it being attacked and being uh denigrated in public um by the former president and his supporters um and essentially saying we disown this constitution it's a constitution of the whites mm. um it's a constitution that was not made for us africans in many ways and it's hello the rights of why is it that a a a ordinary citizen has these rights in in amsterdam and i can have them in in popoma in 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 bulawayo or mm. can have them in shawelo in soweto mm. so so it's absolutely the constitution is a is a strong powerful document but it's it's contested all the time and yeah. i think in south africa we have to contest we have to fight and protect it all the time mm-hmm. otherwise it it becomes solid um and in many ways part of the sullying of that and and in many ways perhaps in your country you've had this uh this experience where even the choice of who sits on the constitutional court gets skewed yeah. so that suddenly the judgments the interpretation of what exactly is in that constitution um is um is in is solid it's mm. it's it's no longer you say but that wasn't the intent yeah. or the explicit meaning of what the constitution stood for so so if there's anything i've learned it's that the constitution has to be defended yeah. has to be um 
tested, yes, but also defended and, and, and renewed by precedent, uh, by, by making it sharper through case law and so forth, uh, mm -hmm. so that it, it continues to protect us. Um, talent, um, I think South Africa needs to be careful that, that um, you know, I now spend some of my time in the U.S., as well, and one of the things that that fascinates me and saddens me is you go to a state like Texas, and and many people have many views on Texas, but but Texas, the health system, is made up hugely of um, and and you know this, uh, you and I have spoken during that time. I worked for a Nigerian uh, newspaper. Group. Yeah. Um, and and for me to see so many talented, uh, world-class Nigerian healthcare workers, doctors, nurses, oncologists, gynecologists, are the best in the world. Absolutely. Who should be doing amazing work in Nigeria or elsewhere on this continent. They're in Texas. Um, it, it, it just, it's, it's, yeah. it's, let me tell you a story that made me pain. Sure, absolutely, just, yeah. Um, it's a story I, I read about, about um, a nursing association in the United States. This is about two and a half, three years ago. Um, at that nursing association um, uh, was a nurses, Nigerian nurses working in, in the United States. And they had uh, held their annual general meeting. And the biggest issue they were discussing was... Um, um, gender-based violence by men against against their wives, who were uh, members of these nurses, of these nursing association. But there had been ten, I believe, if I get that, remember correctly, ten murders of of these workers by their by their spouses. And and I sat there thinking, how is it that we Africans are on this continent? And we have this problem. Mm. We should be at home giving to our people, building our countries. And, and so to the, your question about talent yeah. is that if you're in South Africa and you speak about talent and you don't say, let's preserve it, let's keep it here, then we are going to end up with South Africans as they do already working in Dubai, working mm. in London, working... Uh, and doing amazing work. It's it's great to have to have South Africans doing amazing things yeah. in the world, but it shouldn't be that they felt they couldn't do it here. Absolutely. And that is South Africa's challenge. That that the engineers and the doctors, much like you know, when my mother sent me off to Zimbabwe, it was you don't know education. The mm. Zimbabweans know what real education is. And they will teach you. Mm. Um, um, and, and to have that talent leave a country is, is it's heartbreaking. Mm. And, and I fear that South Africa is not giving to its professionals, to its uh, and it's not keeping them, it's not retaining them if we don't if we don't do it. Um, that, that I think the last one you spoke about was activism. activism and I yeah. think activism is absolutely key. Uh, for South Africa. And I think activists have done incredibly well, whether it's 
uh, on education, whether it's highlighting, um, you know, that kids don't have uh, toilets in their schools, mm. uh, uh, to state capture, to um, the media exposing, as you well know, um, you know, nefarious activities uh, from the very, very top. So, so I think that's still a strong, strong point in this country. It continues to be a strong point. And, and I hope that we sustain it, that mm. it's not, you know, people don't give up. Uh, there has been a trend of NGOs starting up merely to push a particular, particular uh, political line. Um, they don't generally last, but I, it's, a, it's, a, it's a trend that concerns me. But mm. we have a fantastic civil, uh, civil uh, society but here. I, and mm. I, think, I think that is, um, that is hugely admirable. We haven't seen um, activists, uh, as you well know, other parts of the world, parts of the media world, whether it's the Philippines and, and mm. you know, your case. Yeah. Uh, people being arrested, people being detained. Mm. Uh, you know, all, all of these shenanigans. We haven't had that. And for that, I'm, I'm hugely, hugely grateful. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I hope it never happens. But, but you know, we, if you'd asked me, I would have said it would never happen in very many places that I've lived in. Um, and it's happened. Uh, mm. So, so in, in, mark, in marking your book, Justice, I would say, I'll give you... Uh, nine out of 10, and I'll say that uh, the country is still on its descent. We haven't reached uh, rock bottom. What's your pushback on that? <laughs> I, wish I, I wish I could push back. Right. I, I, could push. Um, I, think, I think instead of a steep decline, yeah. we're choosing, yeah. we choosing but, but on the descent. And, yeah. and I think if anything, you know, you, 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 you asked about the elections. Yeah. If anything, the warning lights keep on going. And this, yeah. this election, and not just the result, but also the, the apathy, mm. is, a, is, is a warning light that, guys, it's really going down. You've got to do something to get yeah. this thing up. Yeah, yeah. And, and I hope our leadership is listening. I hope, I really hope that our leadership is listening mm. because I don't think it will take so much to turn things around, to bring mm. back the confidence and the hope and the optimism. And that's, that's the first thing you need. You need South Africans like me to be saying, aha, um, it's happening here. Trevor, um, come and invest because I'm telling you, this is lined up, this is lined up. But if you were to ask me today about, yeah. about that, I would say, mm, uh, you know, uh, I, I'm in awe at you for yeah. a long time. Yeah. Justice, I must say, you're saying that right now breaks my heart, and I'll tell you why. Because I hear my, that is me about Zimbabwe justice 20 years ago. It won't mm-hmm. take much um, to turn this thing around. We, we haven't, we haven't reached uh, the rock bottom, you know. Uh, it, so it breaks my heart to hear you say that. But nonetheless, let's leave that matter there and move on to 
uh, a very uh, fascinating project, uh, Justice. You are working on a, you've finished a new book, uh, Nine Days to Midnight, which is coming out in 2022, uh, published by uh, Simon, then Simon and Schuster, rather, in the USA, Canada, and, and, and the UK. I, I look forward to, to reading that book, but I was wondering, why Nine Days to Midnight? <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> look, the title might change, but but it's my that's my title for it. Okay. So my my editor and my publishers are still reading it and, and so forth. But um, nine days to midnight. Uh, I'm taking. So my book is a leadership lesson, and it's a it's. Uh, I'm trying to say, what do leaders do when when crisis hits? And I'm taking one instance, and that instance was the, the murder, the assassination of Trisani in 1993. And, uh, and I'm looking at it and I'm saying, this is what Nelson Mandela did. Mm. This is what the other players in the story did. And there were many, many, it was a huge orchestra of people. Uh, Nelson Mandela was president of the ANC. He was not president of South Africa. Uh, FW Declaric was president of white South Africa, but he was not president of, of South Africa. Um, and, and Chris Hani was, Chris Hani was the most popular ANC leader after Nelson Mandela. He was mm. the darling of the, of the young people. He, when he arrived at the stadium full of people, it was as if uh, a rock star had arrived mm. in a place that erupted in, in just joy. Um, and so he was shot and killed by a, a white man, uh, a Polish born, um, who wanted to explicitly said, I'm going to go for Chris Honey so that black people are so angry, they start attacking whites, and whites are so afraid, they start defending themselves and attacking blacks. And um, and let this thing blow up. That was his, he and his co-conspirators, that was their plan. And so he manages to do this. He kills Trisani. And within minutes, within minutes of the news um, being uh, broken on radio stations, on television, um, riots start erupting all over South Africa. Um, people are killed within hours of this. Um, and, and in 1993, the talks had collapsed. Uh, Mandela and Declerc had sort of restarted them. And, and it was, well, the, the project to build a new South Africa is broken now. Mm. And so I take the days following Chris Hani's murder and say, how did... South Africa not collapse then because the images that you and I were talking about of July this year are the images of yeah. April 1993. Mm. And, and in, many, in many ways, it was the, the leadership of Nelson Mandela, um, the cooperation in many instances of F.W. de Klerk, the, the extraordinary leadership of other people. Cyril Ramaphosa mm. was Mandela's understudy uh, at the time, Tabombeki was there. Um, so many others uh, stepped up 
and and did extraordinary things. So it's what is possible when a leader says, I have to take responsibility and I have to lead my people. So in that week, Nelson Mandela was called a sellout. He was called all kinds of names when he said, guys, we are at the door of freedom. Let's get walk through the door instead of descending into uh, allowing ourselves ourselves to be provoked into anarchy. So that, that's really that. And, and if the I remember, days, so if nine I, days for, for peace to to come for the message to get through. If I remember, Justice, correct me here. Um, this is the moment when Nelson Mandela stood up at SNB and uh, spoke, and the crowd tried to boo him. And he said, uh, you know, if I'm your leader, I mean, to paraphrase, if I'm your leader, you'll keep quiet. But if I'm not your leader, I'll continue doing what I'm doing. And I think he sat down. What a mark of leadership. Am I right? Am I summing it right? Um, Correct. Um, that, that was, so there were several moments yeah. in, which, in which he made that point. Um, so first of all, because this thing was aimed at racializing um, the entire event, um, Nelson Mandela went on television and said a white man murdered our hero. A white woman saw him mm. and called the police. And that's how we got him. So that was the one speech. Then there was the speech you speak about. There was another one when he was booed and heckled right in the middle of the nine days. When he was booed and heckled and, and people left the stadium and, and it was just terrible. This was in Soweto. So there were moments like those where he stood his ground despite mm. the absolute pushback when, when people were saying, you know, Chris is dead and you tell us about peace. And, uh, so, so, you know, I mean, if you think about your journalistic and your corporate career, um, your entrepreneurial career, how many times have you been in that situation of yeah. absolute stress when staff members are saying you've lost the plot? And that, yeah. that. Now he had a nation saying you've lost the lost plot. The plot. And, you know what's the point of this? Let's have a let's have war mm. on both sides. And he had to he had to bring white South Africa in. He had to bring black South Africa in, um, and kind of build a vision for the future. Uh, so that's that's really um, justice. Let's let's move on now to uh, you. You've been general manager of the Times Media Group, also GM of uh, the Sowetan and and the Thunder World, getting some experience uh, in in running newspapers. But for me, uh, as far as I'm concerned, the, the the height of your career as a journalist is you as editor of this day, which for me was I mean still remains as perhaps. Uh, one of South Africa's finest newspapers, uh, short-lived in a, in a way, but uh, um, I'm, I look forward to this day. It is beautiful journalism. It is quality journalism. Um, talk to me about the lessons that running this day and, and the pain of seeing it collapse. Uh, and uh, what, what lessons did you learn, uh, learn from that? What lessons did you take away from that uh, that experience of this promise of uh, this beautiful newspaper, which then goes to collapse. And why did it collapse? <laughs> uh, Trevor, thank you. Uh, thanks for that question. So first of all, I mean, you, you, 
you are proprietor of, of uh, the newspaper that I, uh, you know, grew up reading as a, as a teenager and as a young as a young person. So there were two things, and and I, you were you don't you you're not you wouldn't know this, but you were very uh, instructive in doing it. You you appointed when you came to South Africa and the the Mail and Guardian, you appointed young people to run to run uh, your your publications, and and it was a lesson for for South Africa where uh, a huge chunk of the publications here, magazines and newspapers were run by, you know, the, the seasoned uh, older people. So when Ndukao Bagbena decided to launch a new newspaper in South Africa, um, he approached me and I was 32. Uh, I was, I'd never edited a newspaper before. I was a correspondent. I was living in New York at the time. But it was such a thrilling idea um, and I had gone around trying to sell the idea of starting a newspaper. Um, and, and it was, yes, I'm, I'm here. I'd only been living in New York for a year. So I, I grabbed the opportunity with both hands and I got on a plane and came home. Um, what were the lessons? Um, mm. The lessons are that, first of all, it's a hard business. It's a mm. hard business to run. Uh, a newspaper at the time of so much flux of movement from, um, you know, print to online uh, and to break into a very established market uh, like the South African Daily and, you know, as you know, the weekly market. Uh, it, takes, it takes time. It takes money. Uh, it takes guts. Um, and we didn't have a lot of those. Uh, uh, and, and within a short period of time, uh, and, and, and to be fair, we made, we made huge, fantastic um, uh, mistakes. Uh, we, we didn't read some of the business environment properly. Uh, I'm the first to say we didn't, uh, have enough of a war chest, uh, projections about, um, we were naive and, and, and in many ways also arrogant. Um, we thought having a beautiful, beautiful uh, uh, product, uh, strong journalism, breaking some stories was, was all that was needed. It wasn't. Um, um, South Africa is in many ways, you know, it's a, uh, the advertising industry and the advertising, the, the buying industry was very much racialized. It was very white. Um, a lot of people didn't understand what we were doing or what we were trying to achieve with the publication. So, so there were many challenges. Um, do I regret it? Not mm. a day. Uh, I, I loved every minute of conceptualizing, putting it together, there were some fantastic people I, I got to work with. Um, a lot of my heroes who I'd always admired came and worked with us and, and I loved it. But for me at the personal level, it taught me a bit about leadership, um, about humility, about knowing that, you know, Trevor, Trevor is right about this and I'm not, you know, or that it's not my way or the highway, that it can be your way and my way and a bit of everyone else 
I learned a lot. I, I, it was the best education. I've been blessed, you know. I've, I've just been blessed with, with a great education. I've learned from people like, you know, what you did in this country with your publication. And Duca was a... Uh, Maverick, Maverick, a good friend of mine. <laughs> yeah. He's a good friend of mine. And I, I loved working with him. Uh, it also opened up, you know, my experience of this continent was really um, Southern Africa. Uh, and I think many of us are like that. It opened up West Africa for me. Uh, and I still do... I still have contacts there. I still go to Nigeria uh, and, and other parts. I've, I was working with uh, a few other people on a project on, on uh, um, Liberia and so forth and the formation of like, it's a historical uh, kind of TV series. So, so in many ways, um, it opened a, a whole new world and a, and a beautiful world, a, an optimistic world a world of, of possibility for me. And, 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 you know, with all everything you and I have both said about Zimbabwe, South Africa, and the challenges, um, there are many, many challenges on the continent, but I, I, find, I find the attitude to the challenges uh, in Nigeria and other, in West Africa in particular, um, refreshing in that mm. tomorrow is the beginning of a fantastic, great new day. And yeah. People continue to give me uh, so much optimism and 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 hope and love. And it's mm. it's you know part of what breaks my heart. Just quickly on what yeah. you spoke about before is when I go to Nigeria, there are many many issues and and there are many issues in West Africa. And, and but I I'm like our sun has returned. I mm. I you can drop me there tonight and I will. I will call someone and I will be happy and they will open their doors and their arms to me. And, and I'm, I'm forever grateful um, to really be, <laughs> I wish my compatriots would, would realize what it means to be an African oh. and, and know love of untold magnitude mm. from, from the way I was welcomed in Zimbabwe to to Kenya and, and, you know, Nigeria really became a second home to me with all the negatives that happened with launching, starting uh, this day in South Africa and the fact that it didn't work out. But I have, I have a family there. I have friends. I have lifelong. There, um, there is beauty in Africans. I mean, uh, the way they welcome you, open their doors and uh, your friend becomes my friend and, yeah, we, we are we just amazing people, amazing people. Tell me, um, uh, Justice, you've done a bit of um, um, television, like we, we said, hard, hard copy one and two were, were phenomenal. Is there television, is, is Hollywood beckoning somewhere there? Talk to me about that. <laughs> <laughs> now, I, I, you know, I think, I think in a way, you know, people like, me say, oh, you know, journalism and, and the written word is the thing. But it starts with that and then it becomes all kinds of other things. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm so pleased by, uh, you know, I was kept an eye on you as you tweeted that you've started these conversations. Um, and and it's amazing how we, we go from the one thing to the next and then 
and actually it's one river it's yeah. one one thing so um i've i've done a few television projects i've i've been involved with with um a few which uh, hopefully will work out in the next few years um so television is i mean i've i've never believed uh i'm a front of camera person but but i think that that there is there is so much to do um with with this medium with what mm. you've built uh, and i think this is the future actually i think that <laughs> uh, what was that famous famous quote when uh, i think the head of one of the hollywood studios in 19, in the 1940s and he was told oh you know television is going to eat up uh, movies and he said ah that thing will be who wants to sit at home watching a <laughs> goggle box yes. um, and within 10 years i think 50 million tv sets in american households um many many people who say oh, i'm going to sit down and watch uh trevor on television actually you know certainly my kids don't watch television mm. they're watching stuff on their laptops on their phones oh. um, um it's all it's all moving so fast so we we all find ourselves in that river mm. it's just evolution uh and that you know we don't get left behind yeah. us let's let's talk about that river you were born in uh, hammerscrawl am i right and um, I, i i grew up where, in hammerscrawl where were you born where were you born let me let me rephrase the question where were you born now uh, I was born in Johannesburg but my father in 1976 um when the Soweto riots happened so I was born at Baragwana hospital right um the 76 riots happened and my father said my kids you know it's it's just mayhem in Soweto and took us to his sister in Hamanstral which is a, a small town uh-huh. north of Pretoria right um and um and that's where I spend my entire life uh young life because it was rural um there were no uh protests about freedom or anything like that um i only kind of became conscious of all that when i was a teenager um it was a small village no water no electricity no schools so my mother and other women put money together and built the first school there wow. um and uh and the government provided teachers and that's how the first school was was built and my sister uh and my brother my two sisters and my brother we all went there and yeah that's you know i mean uh, the, the high schools were only built when nelson mandela became president but before then there were mm. there were in high schools so Um, so from from this village uh you know where you grew up Hammerscrawl uh you you find yourself as uh, the Sunday Times correspondent in London the Sunday Times correspondent in New York I mean uh, from very humble beginnings something must must have happened in Hammerscrawl in terms of either the water you drank or something talk to me about the values and the principles that made justice we is <laughs> um <laughs> Trevor I think the key the key one is is teachers and education I think I think 
a teacher can transform all of us. And I know you've asked me to give you three books that I love and yeah. talk about that. Yes, we'll talk but, about that later. I, I was lucky. I was extremely lucky to have a teacher when I was about 11, 12, um, who would say to all of us kids, and, you know, we were, there were 120 of us in one classroom, uh, and he'd say, if I ever see you, and he lived in the village, if mm. I ever see you walk past a piece of paper without picking it up and reading it, wow. uh, whether we are at school or in the village, you're going to get a hiding from me. So, <laughs> so you know, you had these kids walking around, the village and it's like, oh, there's a piece of paper and picking it up and you're reading, reading it. it. Um, and this is a guy, you know, who... Do you, do you remember his name, Justice? Do you remember his name, uh, the teacher's yeah, name? Yeah, yeah, his name was Joe Mudise. Aha, uh, Joe Mudise, the Joe Mudise? <laughs> no, not Joe Mudise, the minister Okay, of, uh, <laughs> okay. No, um, okay. He was a... <laughs> a different Mudise. Um, right. But Joe Mudise was an amazing guy you know so he loved reading he loved books and so he wanted but he'd run out of it was a small village there aren't there aren't many books in the village and so he wanted to read he'd run out of his own and he needed more so he'd say everyone make sure you bring a book to school tomorrow from your parents you know little collection if not, go to your neighbor and get a book, any book. And he'd, he'd, um, we'd all get the books and he'd, uh, he'd pick the ones he wanted to read and read them. And then he'd say, you know, Justice, give yours to the guy next to you. Go off and read it and come back and tell me the story. So you had to read the book. Wow. Um, but wow. this guy managed to get all of us just reading, you know, wow. we, we read he'd get us reading picture books, he'd buy picture books and get us to read them. Um, we read everything from Mills and Boone to <laughs> just the most, just the most arbitrary thing, but he just wanted me to read. And, and I got the bug, you know, um, a few of us got the bug and we just kept on reading and we didn't stop. Wow. Um, and it wasn't amazing literature, it was, Pot boilers, spy thrillers, detective books, anything that was available. But he got us reading. And, and I think that was a turning point for me, certainly, because um, I just kept on doing it. Um, uh, and, you know, South African schooling, you know, by, by the time I was 16, the, the, the riots and so forth had spread all over South Africa. So I... Um, you know, I remember there was 1986, there was pretty much no schooling in South Africa. Mm. And, and I spent that year doing what that teacher used to do, you know, ganging up with my friends and saying, oh, you know, what does your neighbor have? <laughs> Getting the books and reading and exchanging them and so forth. So wow. that's, that's really, so, so for me, one of the things about, about Zimbabwe that, that I, I was astonished and loved was that when I got there, I thought, oh, I come from my school and I'm, you know, I'm a bit smart, so I know what I'm doing. And, and these incredible, amazing kids who had far better education than I, I had, 
And I've always said, you know, if you want to change the Nelson Mandela's of this world and so forth, you know, the Eastern Cape of South Africa had amazing schools, incredible teachers. Mm. Uh, uh, and I think Zimbabwe had the same. And if, if we are to make something of uh, our children ourselves, it's to revive or make schools that, that give us that quality of education, that quality of teacher. Um, and I think it's, it, it transforms anything and anyone. Really. And, uh, I mean, I couldn't agree with you more. Sadly, our education system has broken down, which leads yeah. me to, um, you, you called uh, things right about Zimbabwe uh, when some of us were still taken by the coup. Uh, when we thought uh, Emerson Mnangagwa the, uh, uh, would, would, would change his colors. But you, you, you warned that this was essentially the military taking over and that this thing would, uh, would not end well. As you sit there, Justice, as a South African who, is, who, 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 who reached the continent so well, what are your concerns about Zimbabwe and where we are right now? I think... You were I not expecting my, 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 that my, one, eh? <laughs> 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 I, I'm an optimist on Zimbabwe because I, I love it so much and I, 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 I really do believe that a Zimbabwe that attracts its talent back uh, would, would soar, would, would, make, would make South Africa and so many other parts of this continent look, look puny, look like a joke because I, I, I'm taken, I'm a big fan of Zimbabwean talent um and 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 i think with the right work um maybe the institutions can be largely brought back i i say to my south african friends i've never met a zimbabwean who's disappointed me um they they all do incredibly well maybe i haven't me, been meeting the right people yeah, i think head. so i think so you better come to Harare. <laughs> there's many of us like that You'll be disappointed, depressed, actually. <laughs> but, where, where, where is it now? Um, you know, I think, I think the resilience is still there. I think there's so much good that is still there. But I do think, I don't know where to start. I do yeah. think that, that it needs, in a way from the outside, you think it needs a reboot. Um, but what do I say to someone and say, oh, you know, you guys need to reboot and they're in jail the next day. Mm. Um, and the, the institutions, whether it's the courts, whether, you know, that need to stand up for that have been, uh, have been totally uh, hollowed out. Um, um, you know, a friend of mine uh, uh, who's Zimbabwean is, a, is an advocate here in, in Johannesburg, and I always feel a lurch of sadness that, that such talent, and there was so much um, juristic talent in Zimbabwe in the 1990s, uh, that, that it's, it's now arguing matters in a South African court it breaks my heart. Mm. Um, so, so I don't know what the 
whether it's a moment or whether it's it's many people have said maybe South Africa needs to hit the rock bottom that you were referencing earlier. But if that is the cure or the, the, the wake up moment for South Africa, then what do I say about Zim where I think rock bottom was hit again and again and a bounce and again? Um, I, I'm not sure. I um, Some of the institutions, um, even the lack of vision and nows on the part of the opposition in many cases has has been hugely disappointing. But perhaps I can be a little bit controversial mm-hmm. and uh, and and say my my two cents worth is that South Africa and your country in many ways need the same thing. And it is to start start loving is to start realizing that we we can't continually be making this about the liberation struggle. It's about what is happening to our people right now. And so I, I get into conversations here and it's, yeah, you know, we, this, all we talk about is our glorious history and, you know, South Africa and the glorious ANC and ZANU-PF and ZAPU and the glorious history. People, kids need education right now. Need, we can't be excusing 30 years of, of our own failure. 40 years uh, 40, in Zimbabwe. 40 years 40, in Zimbabwe. Exactly. So, so I, I, some, we need to cut the cord. Mm. And, and, and I, think, I think that will free us to begin to say, Emerson Nangagwa, you're not my comrade. You, you, we are fellow citizens. It's time now for you to step aside for young blood, for energetic blood, for people with vision and strategy and now to come in and, and, and get this country going. And that is the, exactly the message that you should be saying to me as well mm-hmm. about South Africa. Because mm-hmm. if there's anything in our conversation that, that's made my, my blood, that made me cold, mm-hmm. is when you said, you, what I just said about South Africa is what you were saying about Zimbabwe. And I take it very seriously because Many people here would say, no, not here. But I know, I know far better people than myself and my, my country. And it's happened there. And that is, that is it gives me the shivers. Yeah. You know, but, but right, right there, uh, Justice, you, you, I think uh, it, it, it would be difficult for anybody to disagree with what you've said. It's, it's high time that Nelson, uh, not Nelson, rather, it, right time that uh, uh, Emerson Munangagwa looks himself in the mirror and says, what have I done to get us where we are? We can't be talking about Ian Smith for this. There's indeed the stuff Ian Smith that, that he did that, that is left over from that. But really, 40 years, there's something that we've done to ourselves and to each other, and we need to own up to that. But much more importantly, after owning up, what road do we have to fix 
what we never got to do and what role do we have to to do, to play in terms of building something new and similarly you know our, our, our um uh Cyril Ramaphosa ought to be looking himself in the mirror uh and and not blame apartheid yes apartheid did something yes we've got the scars from apartheid but for goodness sake let's draw the line in the sand and take ownership that point uh, uh justice you know our global viewers love books justice so i'm going to turn us to something that you love doing you love writing books i love reading books and our audience throughout the world uh, absolutely love books and they look forward to this part of the of the of the show what books have you read three books uh, uh justice that have uh, left a huge impact on you and why um so so i'm going to start so i hadn't heard uh about I'd, I'd read a few books of Zimbabwean literature, but in South Africa, um, sadly, uh, you probably will read at, at university, you might come across Titi uh, Dangaremba, as a set work, um, but I, I didn't have any Zimbabwean literature. So I was so blessed and so, so lucky to to read as a young man, um, Dambuzo Marichera and, and House of Hunger. So that's my first book. And I, I, it, it's, a, it's a book, stylistically, I'd, I'd been very formal in, my, in the books I read. So they were all very, and to read someone who just absolutely tore everything apart, just tore his his brain was was at 500 decibels it was just it was a mind work a mind blast to read and uh, not just that i mean i remember just reading that and then going out and just getting everything i could uh of his to read so i loved i loved having my my mind and my brain opened up by by uh, uh dambuzo's books uh, but primarily House of Hunger, which I thought was, and, and I've read the stories about how he was robbed of the, of the Booker Prize. And I think it's, it's, it's a loss for the world, really, that, that he didn't win it, um, with all his personal issues and all that. But I think as a book and as a piece of work, it was revolutionary for its time and, and, and bloody good writing. Just, Absolutely. just. I'll share, I'll share a story with you, which I haven't shared to, with, with, to a lot of people. When I was at university doing first year, went drinking, drinking at uh, the students' club, and I think I was one of the last pe- few people to stagger out of the club. And who staggers with me, uh, Dambuzu Marechera, me and my friend, into, into our room. Uh, two, two of us were sharing, me and a friend who was doing uh, uh, law. Um, so, and Marichera says, uh, guys, I have nowhere to go. I'm going to spend the night here. So <laughs> Marichera, me and, and, and Dambuzo spend the night, me in my bed, my friend in my bed, and Dambuzo on the floor. He was that kind of a human being. <laughs> that is amazing. That's, yeah. a, that's a great story. Yeah. Your second book, wow. uh, Justice? <laughs> my second book is a book that I would love everyone who's listening to this, watching, 
um, to try and get. Um, so you and I have spoken about corruption um, and so forth. Um, there's a beautiful book. So a lot of uh, people have read Chinua Achebe's Things Fall Apart. Mm. Um, but the second book in that series is called No Longer at Ease. Yeah. And it's about, it's, it's post-colonial Nigeria, um, 1950s. And there's a young person full of hope. And, and it comes from this small village, Okonko's village, Okonko yeah. from the first um, uh, book. And he, the people of the village put money together. He gets, he gets accepted into Oxford University, goes off and reads classics or something like that. And it's, the book starts as he's coming back home on a boat uh, from, uh, on, a, on, a, on a ship from, from England and arrives back home. And, uh, and he gets a job in the civil service. And it's the story of this young man full of ideals. And uh, you read about him, you read about post, post-apartheid South Africa. Zimbabwe. Zimbabwe. And, and all of us with these dreams and hopes and optimism. And, um, and he takes a bribe. And, um, and it's a devastating book. It's a beautifully, simply written book. Um, it's thin, and it, but it goes to the heart of everything that we've discussed today and how we get, perhaps, get out of there. But it, it, I see myself, I see my contemporaries, I see, I see our continent in it. It's a beautiful book, and I, I love it. I agree it. with I, you. Love the book. Love the book. Yeah. The third one, Justice? <clears throat> The third one is a South African book. Um, if you're interested in, in apartheid and what it did, um, you have to get this book. It's a book by um, a friend of mine. His name is Jacob Zamini. Uh, he's an academic. Uh, I think he's at Yale University now. Um, oh, it's Jacob a painful Zamini, book. It's a painful book. It's a yeah. Painful book. Oh, man. It's a yeah, painful book. <laughs> It's a very painful book. Um, um, it's called Askari, mm. and Askari is the is the name that was given to ANC uh, cadres uh, soldiers who were captured by the apartheid state, um, tortured, and and basically turned into uh, into hunters of of freedom fighters. And it focuses on one uh, a particular notorious, well-known hunter of, of freedom fighters called Loris Dibe, whose story, I mean, that, you're, you're so right, uh, Trevor, it's a painful, painful, painful book. book. A painful book. Because this is a young man who, whose brother is arrested during a protest in the 70s, um, he himself goes to university, gets into the anti-apartheid movement, into the liberation movement, goes off and trains as an ANC soldier. Is the, the, the ANC loves him, is full of potential. He is bright as a button. Um, he's brave and he comes back home and, um, and uh, plants a few bombs. Um, and in time, he is tracked down, arrested. In fact, he is, um, he is tracked down to Swaziland 
and the apartheid government and it's not most notorious killer i think uh eugene de Kock eugene de Kock. Mm, i think yeah. it's eugene de Kock. Mm. it's eugene de Kock, um and brings him back to south africa and tortures him for months non-stop uh on a farm uh flak plus um it's a ter- it's a terrible book it's a terrible book but it's also a beautifully written book a sensitive book but a book that shows you the complexity of of our lives that that mm. our heroes were also it's it's a it's a book that that's devastating but Absolutely. i i read it and it shook me and i and, and scared me and um i was but i was I, impressed by i mean so many things in that book uh, just to thank you for sharing it but one other thing that uh, rather in addition to that one other thing that uh, that really impressed me was the research uh the thorough research the primary the 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 recourse to primary sources and that kind of stuff i mean it's it's mind blowing when i say it's a painful book i'm not saying people shouldn't read it's a must read book if you want to understand uh the liberation struggle in south africa the anc and 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 the so called sellouts the necklacing and so forth absolutely beautiful book justice it's been a pleasure i suspected you and i would spend more than an hour and we have um and i've thoroughly enjoyed myself <laughs> i've thoroughly enjoyed myself justice thank you so much for um setting aside the time you know to me justice why i've come to you is you you embody that african who has so much promise for the continent and uh your independence and outspokenness in south africa i know you've taken quite a lot of flack um uh you but you've stood uh, on principle and and there's no time that south africa needs that more than where we are right now and more than uh, where south africa is going to be give, uh, going your voice your your courage your love for democracy and for love for truth and what is important for south africa not for the anc or da or eff for me is what i love in you is what uh, attracts me to the person that you are so thank you so much for creating this time allow me justice to tend to our viewers you remain where you're sitting tend to our viewers who are all over the world to say thank you so much for um, watching in conversation with trevor to remind you that we are a weekly show we are out every monday on youtube uh, at 7 a.m. central african time and to ensure that you don't miss out on any of this quality conversation like the quality conversation i've just had now with justice and by the way this is going to be a two part uh, uh, series because justice and i have gone and on remember to press this subscribe button and you get an alert and uh, uh, you're able to watch uh, we've gone a step further by the way we've created uh, um a podcast for you so if you scroll down b- below this uh, video you'll find a link uh to our postcard uh, for your postcard for you to 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 listen to so for your listening pleasure do click to that link so until next time cheers to you all bye now